Welcome to Cath Lab Conversations. I'm Cath Lab Digest Managing Editor, Rebecca Kapoor. Today we talk with Dr. Sarang Mangelmurti of Bryn Mawr Medical Specialists in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Dr. Mangelmurti talks about his experience opening an ambulatory surgical center, or ASC, and how he expanded it to include a cardiac service line. This podcast is sponsored by Philips OBL and ASC Solutions, Symphony Suite. Thank you for joining us. Can you tell me about Bryn Mawr Medical Specialists and your ASC? So Bryn Mawr Medical Specialists is our multi-specialty group that encompasses a number of specialty physicians, uh, cardiology, pulmonary critical care, infectious disease, and so forth. Uh, our ASC is one component of Bryn Mawr Medical Specialists and the ASC was designed to perform our cardiovascular procedures. So it's really run by interventional cardiologists like myself and our electrical physiologists who perform their procedures in the ASC as well. We officially opened in the middle of last year. We had started with peripheral vascular procedures and some EP work. Now we work out of Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania had a number of restrictions on what could be done in the ASC in terms of cardiovascular procedures. So we had to apply for permission in order to expand our services. And it was interesting because traditionally they had said no to a lot of the cardiovascular services that we were interested in offering, uh, but I think because of the recent experiences with COVID and the problems that patients had with getting these procedures done in the hospital, they seemed a lot more amenable to these procedures being done in the outpatient setting. And so over the last six months, we have been able to get approval for the vast majority of our cardiovascular procedures, both coronary, peripheral, and electrophysiology procedures. Did you anticipate your ability to get approval for cardiac procedures when you opened your ASC a year ago? We did not. You know, I mean, we had anticipated that eventually the other cardiovascular procedures would be approved just because it seemed to be the general direction that the field was moving in. That you know, cardiovascular procedures were starting to, to gain a lot of steam in the outpatient setting. And our sense was that at some point in time in the next several years, it's hard to predict exactly when there would be an approval for these procedures to be performed in Pennsylvania, which would be in accordance with what's already happening in many other states around the country. But we were surprised at how quickly and really almost overnight how Pennsylvania went from being one of the more strict states in the, in the country to now approving a variety of procedures and 
Now I think we're gonna actually see over the next several years, many ASCs forming throughout Pennsylvania to reflect the, uh, the changes that have occurred in terms of the types of procedures that can be performed without this onerous process of having to prove you know, a certificate of need or exceptions and so forth. Can you be more specific about the types of procedures that you're performing? So we perform in terms of cardiac procedures, coronary diagnostic and coronary PCI procedures. And the PCI procedures are stenting procedures in patients who are appropriate for uh, coronary procedures in the outpatient setting. And there are certain criteria that we use for what we consider appropriate patients for the outpatient ASC setting. For peripherals, there's a, a vast number of patients who are considered appropriate for peripheral vascular intervention in the outpatient setting. And so I would say a majority of our peripheral cases are done in that context. We have uh, our pacemaker implants, our ICDs, our pacemaker upgrades, all of those are also able to be done in the ASC setting. How many physicians utilize your ASC? Well, we have uh, two interventional cardiologists and two electrophysiologists and that work out of our multi-specialty group. And so the four of us utilize the ASC for cardiovascular purposes. Now we do have one part of the ASC that is utilized by non-cardiovascular personnel for various operative interventional procedures and surgeries and so forth. But that's a, that's a non-cardiovascular uh, aspect of it. Can you tell us more about your ASC's geographic location? Yeah, so our practice is located in the western suburbs of Philadelphia, which is where our catchment area is for our patients. So that puts us outside of the metropolitan Philadelphia area where there's a number of very large hospital systems uh, that work out of downtown Philadelphia, if you will. So, so we're offset in that sense from, from the very saturated, concentrated uh, Philadelphia um, center city metropolitan area. Uh, in our area, we do have a large health system that we're affiliated with and that we actually do our inpatient work uh, within their system. But our feeling was that for where our patients come from, there's really no outpatient surgical center that's doing the kind of work that we do. And so for patients who I think are going to be looking for this kind of care, especially as this care grows in the cardiovascular community, and I think it will grow because the patient experience is terrific and, and this is the direction that the field is moving in, I think they're going to be looking at our center as really the, you know, at the forefront of that movement of these procedures out of the hospital into the outpatient setting. Can you talk more about the transition? It sounds like you have been open about six months before you were really able to institute cardiac procedures. Can you talk about how you anticipated that and what you did to make it happen? Yeah, so we, 
you know, we felt that with our ability to do peripheral vascular procedures and some basic electrophysiology procedures that we could at least get the ASC started and get it running, uh, you know, in anticipation of moving forward and slowly adding more and more work as time went on. So, you know, for us, it was, it was something where we, we felt like we had enough volume of patients, at least in the vascular space, to be able to, at a minimum, break even with the ASC, but certainly, you know, or at least optimistically generate some positive revenue with, you know, from the start, from the get-go. I think for the cardiovascular side, we were always interested in adding that. And so from the very beginning, you know, we submitted our applications and our requests to add cardiovascular procedures by going to the, you know, to, to the process through the state to get those added. But what we had to do in tandem was really kind of go down and, and sort of fight a political battle as well, because while we were building our ASC, some of the legislation to make these changes and approve these procedures in that setting, that was that was working its way through the Pennsylvania uh, legislature. And so we were helping to lobby that legislation through its natural history in terms of the Congress and the Senate, and then eventually through the governor uh, signing the bill. Uh, and that, I think, helped by, you know, sort of in tandem with what we were doing, building our ASC, applying for privileges, and then at the same time, you know, working with the our local representatives and our local congressmen to really try to show the, the benefit of doing these cases in the surgical center and outside of the hospital setting. And I think altogether that at least contributed to the ultimate decision-making by, by the uh, government, which was to allow these procedures to happen. Did you share any data or evidence about where the field is heading in your discussions with the government? Yeah. So, you know, there, there's definitely uh, a few critical uh, pieces of evidence that we were able to provide. One was the experience of ASCs in other states. And, you know, I definitely want to, you know, give credit to the operators and the societies. You know, there are some uh, a dedicated ASC societies that are really pushing that effort uh, to, you know, demonstrate the effectiveness, the safety uh, profile, the um, the differences of the experience of these procedures being done in the ASC versus the hospital and the positive differences between the two. So we were able to use a lot of that information when speaking to our local representatives and some of the key members uh, in the in the local government uh, who were deciding, you know, about the legislation. So that was one important feature. You know, I think that I think some of the you know, industry leaders uh, were also very helpful because they put us in touch with some of the key players who 
had been lobbying for many, many years to try to convince, you know, the important politicians and important, you know, thought leaders about the benefits of cardiovascular procedures in the ASC setting. So, you know, I definitely want to give credit to uh, to industry in, in terms of helping, you know, for, for that purpose. And then, you know, there was definitely for us an important personal experience because for the cardiovascular side, you know, there had always been this question of whether you could do cardiovascular procedures without surgical backup, you know, because that's the biggest hurdle for a lot of these uh, you know, health departments or medical societies or anybody who's making these decisions to overcome, right? You know, for, cardi for cardiac procedures, they want to make sure that it's safe to be able to do uh, a cardiac interventional procedure and know that there's no surgical backup in that facility. And what's interesting is that our hospital was one of the early hospitals in Pennsylvania to start doing coronary intervention without on-site surgical backup. We had surgical backup, but it wasn't on-site. Uh, you know, our, our system uh, was at some point many years ago consolidated their surgical services to one hospital so that one hospital was covering multiple hospitals within their, their system. And so we'd been providing coronary PCI services for, I would say, almost eight or nine years without on-site surgical backup. And our results were extraordinary. And, and we had those results in our hands to be able to show uh, our representatives that, look, you don't need surgery on site. And it turned out that the societies, the, the national societies, you know, were at the same time starting to come out with guidelines saying that you don't need on-site surgical backup. So all of these factors came into play as we made our arguments to them. What trends are you seeing and what do you anticipate for the future? So in terms of patient volume, we're seeing a steady growth of our patients in terms of every month, every quarter, more and more patients are being done in the ASC. I think there are many factors for that. Some of it is obviously insurance related as more and more insurance has come on board, but it's also our, our own comfort level in terms of the types of patients that we want to do in the ASC, our own patients are starting to hear about very positive experiences that people are having in the ASC. And so they themselves are asking about the prospect of getting their procedures done outside the hospital in a surgical center. So all that is leading to an increase in volume. I think for our center, you know, I think we're going to see initially more proceduralists sort of come into the fold. Again, I think as as more and more uh, physicians start to become aware of these procedures shifting out of the hospital into the outpatient setting and, and realizing that it's becoming more common they're going to want to get involved. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of work to set up an ASC. It, it's, it's a lot of planning. You know, there's, there's the logistics of it. There's a lot of financial logistics that have to be sorted out. And there are many physicians 
depending on their practice setup, uh, maybe they're they're small in smaller groups, and they may not have the financial capabilities of setting up their own ASC, but they do still want to get involved and they want to come and do procedures in the outpatient setting for a number of reasons. And so I anticipate that those physicians are going to be looking at places like our own to be able to bring their their cases and procedures and and, and get involved in, in that capacity. So so I think in the short term, you know, we'll see growth in terms of new physicians bringing their cases in and 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 being able to do those procedures there in terms of newer types of procedures being done i think that's always going to happen but again that will be a slow steady evolution over time because as these procedures become safer and as these procedures are introduced to the you know Pennsylvania government, they'll evaluate them, they'll look at the safety of these procedures being done in an outpatient setting, and we'll continue to make those arguments to them. So that would be a sort of a more long-term growth that I see where, for example, you know, there may be more EP procedures being done, coronary atherectomy, coronary shock wave, or lithotripsy, I should say that. Those are procedures that I could see being done in the ASC, maybe not right now, but maybe over the next, you know, four to five years, we could see growth in those areas as as those procedures become even safer. Not that they're not safe right now, but they become more comfortable uh, in terms of being performed in the outpatient setting. What do you enjoy about working at an ASC and do you have any advice for physicians who might be interested in making that jump? So for me personally, there's really two things that that I find very rewarding about the ASC. One is, is my own sense of independence and control over, over the aspects of, of the procedures that we're doing from start to finish, right? We're we own the ASC, we control really every important aspect of it from how the patients are scheduled to how long the patients are going to be observed, both pre-procedure, post-procedure, uh, to you know follow-up phone calls, their, all of those aspects of it, what equipment we're going to have, all of those features we control. And you know, I think as proceduralists, that's something that we all yearn for, right? Because we, if you've been doing it for a long time, you feel comfortable that you you can make decisions that are in the best interest of your patients because of your experience and your knowledge and you sort of have a sense of, of what's the best way to treat these patients. And you would rather you decide than somebody decide for you. And the ASC allows you to do that. The second thing that that I find rewarding is really on the patient side, which is that the patients have a terrific experience within the ASC. So their, their scheduling process is easy. It's streamlined. There's very few obstacles that they have to go through to get scheduled because their scheduling is all done through our office. And we control that. 
there are, there's very few sort of third parties involved, if any. During the procedure, again, we've controlled all the aspects of that. But I think their post-procedure, these patients are, you know, watched very carefully. You know, their their procedures are are not delayed like they are in the hospital by circumstances that are beyond my control or their control. So oftentimes their procedures start on time. They are typically out discharged, you know, within a reasonable time frame. They're oftentimes having fewer complications because they're watched very carefully. So it's instead of having one nurse watch five or six patients, you have one nurse watching two patients. So naturally, if there's a problem, they're going to pick up on it a lot faster uh, post-procedure. And then these patients will almost uniformly tell you afterward that they had a better experience from their procedure in the ASC than they felt in the hospital. And I think for, for us as proceduralists, that's what we want because our procedures, many of these patients are going to come back for more procedures over time. And the worst thing is when they have a bad first experience and you know they're going to have to come back for other procedures, it, it's, it can be very difficult to convince them to come back for additional work if they didn't have a good experience the first time out. So my advice to, to physicians is the movement of cardiovascular procedures to the, the outpatient setting is happening. It's going to happen with or without you. So if you want to get involved, now is the time to do it. And, you know, I think if you are at all interested in having an ASC and having that independence, now is the time to do it because a lot of people are getting involved in that process. And so you're not alone. There's a lot of resources available. There's a lot of people available to help you. And I think, you know, sometimes we, we wait too long. We wait for, you know, because we wait for the numbers to, to be better than they need to be to sort of take the jump, if you will. But what, what will invariably happen and what's, what's happening to us now and what's happened to my colleagues who were starting their ASCs years ago in other states is these ASCs will be successful if you're a successful physician or a successful practice. So if you're taking care of a lot of patients and you're busy and you're doing a lot of procedures and you're seeing new patients year in and year out, your ASC is going to be successful. And maybe when you start off, you know, it might take some time and maybe the, the, the numbers might be, you know, not the best in the first couple of years, but just like anything, it's going to take time to grow. But once it grows, it's going to be successful and every year it'll be more and more successful. So it's very difficult to imagine that you, you're not a successful practice and you'll have a successful ASC and vice versa, that somehow you're a successful practice, but you won't have a successful ASC. I think they go hand in hand. Our thanks to Dr. Sarang Mangalmurti for today's discussion, sponsored by Philips OBL and ASC Solutions, Symphony Suite. And our thanks to you for listening. To learn more, please visit philips.com slash symphonysuite.